0: Alright, go ahead and take your Bibles this morning and go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 62. Is anybody in here besides me? You ever watch the news? Anybody, you watch news much? Listen to talk radio, especially political stuff? Alright, if you do, I'm going to pray for you because. Uh, it gets me depressed. I don't know about you all, but it gets me depressed when I watch what's going on in the world, hear and talk about what's going on in the world. And, you know, one thing I, I think is true about the news. I mean, they, they clearly have, there's clearly an agenda behind these news net, networks. I mean, these people, they're, they're so biased. They've got ulterior motives. And they get people on their shows that say the things that they want them to say. They already know what they're going to say. You know, I I used to laugh back when you know Jerry Falwell was still alive. You know, I, not endorsing everything Jerry Falwell believed in, but one thing I liked about him is you know. He would make the news media mad all the time, and they would always call him up and they would ask him what his thoughts were on different things, and he would tell them, and then they'd all go crazy. Okay, you know Pat Robertson's another one they do that to all the time. You know they'll ask his, you know, what he thinks about a certain situation. They know what he's going to say, and then they all go crazy when he says it. And it's like if you don't like it, why do you even ask? And you know the truth is, they try very hard, especially with religion. They got they. They try to pick who they interview very carefully, because they're trying to make people think the whole world thinks a certain way. And you know, unfortunately, many people are falling for it. And a lot of what they're hearing from the news media, what they're hearing from the world, people are starting to fall for it and believe in it. I want to read a verse to you in Isaiah chapter sixty-two, in verse six. Isaiah chapter sixty-two. Verse six it says, "I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence." The title of my message today is just "Never Hold Your Peace." Never hold your peace. And I, when I say that there are, there is a time to be quiet. And Ephesians chapter three, verse seven, it says, "A time to keep silence." And a time to speak. We've all been there before. That time when you knew just not to say anything. <clears throat> Maybe you know, husbands, you came home, you could tell your wife was having a bad day or something. You just don't say anything. Just keep quiet. Keep your mouth shut. You know, wives might have had to do that with their husbands a couple times, but I know <laughs> husbands we've had to do that with the wives. You, just, you just knew I, I just better keep my mouth shut. I better keep quiet. I better remain silent on this subject. You know, I've been there before. We hear a conversation come up, and you know me, I love to argue. Okay, I mean, I, I can argue so good. I mean, sometimes if people, even if I agree with the people, I might want to argue with them. You know, just <laughs> I guess I, I enjoy it, and uh, that's probably a bad thing. I think if I hadn't been a preacher, I probably would have been a lawyer uh, because I I just like to argue, and it's it's kind of fun. But sometimes, you know, I know I'll hear a conversation going. It's like I better keep quiet. I better keep quiet because if I get involved in this, it's going to get ugly. I, I, I've been there before. Maybe you're in a restaurant and you hear a conversation going on and you just you want to get in on it. But it's like, no, you can't do that. you got to keep quiet. But you know, when it comes to some things, we're not supposed to be silent about it. We're not supposed to keep our mouths shut. And you know, the truth is, part of being a Christian is sharing your faith with others. And this is what we're often hated for. The world has told us, you're going to have your religion... But you need to keep it to yourself. And the truth is, that doesn't make any sense at all. You think about guys like you know Tebow, who I don't think is the greatest example of a Christian in the world, but just because of his little prayer thing he does, I mean, that guy's so hated for it. Because he's outspoken about being a Christian and people, they just can't stand that. He needs to keep that to himself. He needs to keep quiet. Well, if somebody wants to come out of the closet... Then, oh, that guy's a big hero. Let's all clap for him. He's, he's a hero. He's wonderful. But if a Christian, you know, it's like they want Christians to go into the closet. Oh, you can have your religion. That's fine. But just keep it to yourself. And you know what the truth is? Christians are starting to go along with this way of thinking. And we've been intimidated into submitting and just keeping our faith and our religion completely and totally to ourselves. And that is... Not that's not what we're supposed to do. I saw I, I know this was a big thing that was going around in the news a while back, but uh, you know the truth is we're what are I guess what they call oh, I, I didn't print out the the list, but we and the, uh what they call us evangelical. Christians, I guess. Okay, which evangelical? That simply it just means you know the definition relating to a Christian sect or group that stresses the authority of the Bible, the importance of believing that Jesus Christ saved you personally from sin and hell, and the preaching of these beliefs to other people. You know, or having or showing very strong, enthusiastic feelings. So that's the, def, the dictionary definition of an evangelical Christian. I think that fits us pretty good. We do believe that we are saved by, by faith in Jesus Christ. We believe we need to share that faith with other people to evangelize. And yet at the same time, we're told that, you know, oh yeah, we have freedom of religion in America, but you evangelical Christians... You need, you need to keep quiet. There's places where they're not allowed. They're trying to stop them from going out and knocking on doors, passing city ordinances and things, stop people from evangelizing. Um, so you might have seen that list that was on the news a while back of religious, the group, the military list of religious extremists. You know what was on the top of that list? Evangelical Christians. We were on the same list in the same evangelical Christians with the Ku Klux Klan, Al-Qaeda... I mean, all these crazy psycho groups, they put us in the same group as them. And it said, you know, Ku Klux Klan slash Christian. I mean, and the truth is, I'm looking, I'm thinking, what do these people all have in common? And it's one, that they don't go along with every little thing that the government says to go along with. And one of the big things is we don't go along with the gay marriage thing. I like think none of those groups did. And apparently we are now religious extremists because of that and we're being told more and more keep quiet keep it to yourselves but yet in the bible we see constantly that we're supposed to speak out about our faith go to ephesians chapter 6 verse 19 ephesians chapter 6 verse 19 says and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the Gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul, he was talking about, you know, pray that the Lord will give me the boldness to speak out. He said, I'm an ambassador in bonds. Paul often was in prison for preaching the Gospel. Paul often was getting in trouble. He was, he was beat. He was stoned one thing after another for preaching the Gospel. And you know, Paul didn't keep quiet. There was one city, they went and they, they tried to have him killed. And A lot of people believe that the Lord actually brought him back to life. The Bible doesn't really say for sure. And you know what he did? He went back to the city and he preached again. Everywhere he went. He didn't care what the law was. He preached the Gospel wherever he went. He caught, people often say about Paul, wherever Paul went to preach, there was either a revival that broke out or a riot that broke out. And he he didn't care. Everywhere he went, he preached the Gospel. The Gospel of Christ is something we are not supposed to keep silent about. And you know, it's amazing the things that 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 are being said these days that people just go along with that are just not true. I talked to a guy just this week that, you know, I... Out visiting, knocking on doors. And he was telling about how many years he's been in his church. Eighty-some years this guy's been in the same church. And, you know, going to the same church for eighty-some years will not get you into heaven. Even if it's this church. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You come here for eighty-some years, it won't get you into heaven. Okay? And... I, I told him, I said, "Man, I said, well, you know, I said that's great. So you know, the important thing is just making sure you know Jesus is your savior." And, and he said, "Yeah, you're right." And you know what else? Someday when we all stand before God, it's gonna be—it's gonna come down to what kind of person we were on Earth. And boy, he made it sound so good. And you know, most people just go right along with that. And I—I just—I had to correct him, and I did it in a nice way. I wasn't mean. I—I I didn't say eh, wrong. You know, <laughs> yeah, I didn't—I didn't do that. I was polite. You know, I I said, that's true. We're going to stand before God. And I explained how that what's going to determine whether we go to heaven or not is not our own righteousness, because it's like a filthy rag, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That we put our faith and trust in his work that he did on the cross. And it seemed like it went right in one ear and out the other. I don't know. But you know the truth is people have been taught all kinds of lies about it. And many times we will hear them repeat those lies and we don't correct them. You can do it in a nice way. There are some people out there that can get pretty obnoxious when it comes to witnessing to other people. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm not talking about being a jerk. I could do that real easy if I wanted to. I have to work hard on not doing that. But it's something we've, got, we've got to correct it. We've got to say something. I'm not going to close my mouth on that. I'm not going to keep quiet. I remember when I was when I was younger. I was sitting in a restaurant one time, and I heard some. There were some other teenage boys, and they were having a conversation. And one of them one of them said to one of his friends, "Do you believe there's a God?" And boy, my ears kind of perked up. This is gonna be interesting. And the one kid said, "Yeah, I, I think there's probably a God." And the other one said, "I don't." He said, "I think God's just something that people came up with to try to control what others do." And I remember I heard that, and I sat there, and I thought. Here's what I can say. And I didn't say anything. And I just minded my own business. I stayed out. You know, that's always bothered me. I didn't say anything. I was close to the same age as them. They, they might have they listened to what I had to say. I might have been able to plant a seed in their heart. I, but I did what you're supposed to do. I minded my own business. I kept my religion to myself. I don't think. I tell you what. You might say that's what you're supposed to do. But it didn't set well in my heart. It, didn't, it sure didn't make me feel good. I felt awful convicted by not doing that. Why? Because we're supposed to speak up about the gospel of Christ. We're supposed to speak up, uh, when it comes to the truth, about sin. Matthew 4.17 says, For that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark 1.4 John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. John the Baptist preached about it. Jesus preached about it. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Repentance? What is that? Well, that's turning from sin. It's amazing how many Christian people these days don't see any need to turn from anything. If our sin is not that bad If we don't need to change Anything in our lives Then why in the world do we need to be saved If our sin is not that big of a deal Then why in the world Is there a hell If our sin is not a big deal Why in the world did Jesus Christ come And die on a cross It's because our sin is a huge deal and we ought to turn from our sin, not so we can go to heaven, but because we are going to heaven, because we want to live an abundant life, because Jesus Christ did save our souls, we ought to repent. And we need to tell the truth about sin. And I'm telling you, sin is it's destructive. It's destroying lives. The things that are the, the lies that are being taught today concerning your know, relationships. I wonder why relationships are so bad these days. It's because there's lies being told and Christians are not speaking the truth. Preachers are afraid to preach against immorality in the churches. They don't want to, don't want to scare anybody away. They don't want to make anybody ever feel bad. We're not trying to make people feel bad. We're trying to just tell them what the Bible says. And you know what? Sometimes it might make people feel bad. But that's called conviction. You know, the truth is, no, nobody's ever been able to make me feel bad for something that wasn't bad that I can think of. I, I tried to think about that but I was like has anybody ever been able to make me feel bad for something that I know was not wrong? I couldn't think of any examples. Now, maybe you can. The truth, But I've had many people that have made me feel bad but it was when I did something wrong. And the truth is if you really believe that your lifestyle is okay and then it's not a sin. Then nobody should be able to make you feel bad about it. If you feel bad, it's probably because it's really a sin. It's probably because it's really wrong. It's probably because the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart. And but they, yet, you know, the world, the news media, they want us to keep silent on our feelings about immorality or morality because we're not supposed to bully people—is what they're calling it now. This is called bullying now. If you make anybody feel bad about and if you speak out against any kind of sin you are a bully and the truth is if it's not wrong it shouldn't bother them if it's not it, it it really shouldn't i said it doesn't bother me when i've been accused of doing something that i know is right nobody can make me feel bad for going to church nobody can nobody can make me feel bad for reading my bible nobody can make me feel bad for loving my wife and loving my kids how can somebody make you feel bad for doing that they can't because you know there's nothing wrong with it, but yet we're we're so scared today to ever speak out against sin, and the problem with that, well, we're not supposed to judge anybody. We're not judging. We're not the judges. Okay, the Lord, He's the judge. He's the righteous judge. But yet we are. We have been entrusted with the gospel. We've been entrusted with the Word of God, and we're supposed to share. We're, because, why? Because it's beneficial. The, the Scriptures that we have here, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Why would we not share this wonderful gift that we have? It makes no sense. Well, that, that's mean. How does that mean? How does it mean warning somebody about hell? You wouldn't think I was mean if I went and woke somebody out of their sleep when their house was burning down. So I don't want to wake them up. Don't you hate getting woke up in the middle of the night? I hate getting woke up in the middle of the night. But if my house is burning down, go ahead and wake me up in the middle of the night. You can beat on my door. You can throw a rock through my window. Okay? If, it, if it'll wake me up. I'll be mad when I hear that glass break. But when I find out why you woke me up, I'll be thrilled to death. And you know what? People, they, they, are, they are just so scared of... Ever, you know, making anybody give them a funny look or anything, and we've just we've gotten too quiet. We need we need to speak up about the righteousness of God. You know why many Christians have such a hard time evangelizing is because many times we get everybody looking at ourselves and our righteousness. Well, you know, at our church we don't believe in this, we don't do this, we don't do that, and they get to talking all about the we do's or the we don'ts, and we get to we get people looking at our righteousness. Let me tell you something. I don't care how good you're doing; it's not good enough to get to heaven. And nobody is going to get saved through your righteousness, including yourself. You're only going to get saved through the righteousness of Christ. And we've got to point people to Him. Psalms chapter fifty-one says, restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You know, when David wrote that psalm, it was after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan because of his sin with Bathsheba. When David committed adultery with Bathsheba, Nathan told David, he said, you've given the enemies of God an occasion to blaspheme against him. David made God look bad because everyone knew this is the king that God had chose for Israel. He claimed to worship God. He claimed to be a follower of God. And David went and committed this horrible sin. He made God look bad. And David, in this prayer here, he's saying, "You know, give me the, not my salvation back, You don't lose your salvation. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He wasn't enjoying his salvation because of the sin in his life. He said, uphold me with thy free spirit. And he said, then will I teach transgressors. He didn't say my ways. He said, thy ways. And sinners shall be converted not unto me, but unto thee. David understood that, hey, I've got to teach people about God's ways. I've got to get them to be converted to him, These people that were blaspheming against David, they were looking at David. They weren't looking at God. God didn't commit any sin with Bathsheba. It was David that did it. And we need to make sure that we do a good job of that. It's okay. It's okay to get your act together. Well, get your act together. Do good. Do right. Be a good person. Have good character. But let me tell you something. Don't ever go around bragging about it. You'll make people think that you're... You think you're going to heaven because of you? It's always about Jesus Christ. We have got to make sure we point people to Him. We speak up about Him. The reason people don't think their sin is a big deal is because they are always comparing their sin with other people's sins. They compare themselves among themselves. The Bible says that's not wise. You compare yourself with God. There's no other conclusion you can come to other than, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Like you'll be like Isaiah who said, woe is me. But unfortunately, we're not showing people the righteousness of God. We need to speak up on the truth about hell. Matthew chapter 5, verse 29, "...if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell." And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. A whole body cast into hell. It's a real place that Jesus, by the way, mentioned more than He mentioned heaven. We're all okay with believing in heaven, but we don't want to talk about hell. We can't talk about hell in church. that will scare people. Uh, that will make people uncomfortable. We can't, we can't talk about that. We've got to talk about that. We've got to tell them the truth about that. I mean, could you imagine if they, you know, if they passed a new law that you didn't know about and that you just didn't know. And maybe you're riding in a car with somebody. Okay, they got this stupid new... Cell phone law. I can't talk on your cell phones in the car. All right. I mean, we probably all know about that by now. I hate that law, but anyway, I mean, imagine if you were you're driving along one day and you're you're driving, you're on your cell phone, your friends are right there next to you, and there's a cop next to you, and you don't know about the new law, and so you think you're fine. You're talking the phone. Hey, I'm driving the speed limit. I don't have anything to worry about. And the, you know, your friend, he's talking, You know, he's looking at you, he's looking at the policeman. and then all of a sudden the policeman's lights come on. And he pulls you over, and he's writing you a ticket, and you're like, man, I didn't know about that law. And you know what? The police is not going to care. Okay? He's not, he's not going to care if you didn't know about the law. And then, after that happened, your friend's like, yeah, I couldn't believe you were talking on your phone in front of the police. They made that law at the beginning of this year. Why didn't you tell me You saw the police was right there. You saw me talking on the phone. Why didn't you say something? You'd be mad at him, wouldn't you? For not telling you that there was a penalty for what he was doing. And the truth is, this sin that's going on, there's a penalty for it. And you know what? People are going along their merry way thinking, I'm fine. It's okay. Nothing's going to happen. Boy, that is so wrong. That is not true. There is a place called hell. I, I don't believe people are bad enough to go to hell. Okay, but you think people are bad enough that a holy God had to come to earth and die that horrible death on a cross? So, it, it, there's, okay, it's bad enough to kill Christ, but not for people to go to hell. Well, that's, that says we don't say think a whole lot about the work that Jesus Christ did for us makes no sense and we, uh, we let we can believe in it personally but let's just keep no we need to tell people you know I'm glad whenever they do make new laws even when I don't like them, they try to get the word out about it you know they'll put it in the newspaper it'll be on the news or whatever they let you know that hey this is the law I just got pulled over the other day for speeding I was driving through a town every time I've ever been pulled over for speeding I've been driving through a town that I'm not familiar with and I go through I'm not a fast driver. Okay, my wife, she tells me I'm a slow driver all the time and it's true, but I always get busted in those places where it goes from like 55 to 25 and I don't notice the sign and I got, I got nailed the other day, I was going like 19 over and so I got busted for going like you know 40 some miles an hour and uh, fortunately I got off with a warning, uh, thank the Lord for that, but I didn't know, please, he like, is there any reason you're driving so fast today? I said, hey, I'm so fast, 44 miles an hour, you know, <laughs> but I, I didn't say that to him. I said, no, I, I said, I said, no, I said, honestly, um, I'm not from around here. And I said, I didn't notice what the speed limit was until I saw your car. And then I saw a speed limit sign. And, uh, Yeah, then I realized (laughs) what I had done, and I was nice about it. I acted guilty, and uh, like I like I deserved it. And he was nice and did give me a ticket, and uh, that works. I've tried arguing before, and that's always resulted in a ticket. (laughs) But um, but anyway, it's nice when you know that you're not supposed to be doing something, that you're not supposed to be that you could be breaking a law. I remember when I was in Israel, you know, I've always liked traveling, going to other countries, and we were driving this one spot in Israel, and we were right on the border of Israel and Lebanon. That was there was, there was this little fence there, and Lebanon was right over there. I'm like, man, there's another country right there. You know, can I, I just I was like, would we be able to, like, just go to the fence? So we, I can say I was in Lebanon. And he's like, so you don't want to go on the other side of that fence. I was like, why not? He's like, there's landmines over there. I'm like, Whoa! Oh, I was like, okay, I, I don't want to go over there anymore because apparently, you know, they're pretty strict about their borders in other countries. And uh, over there, they got land. I thought, forget that. I'm not going to do that. I, I was glad he told me about that. I would have been mad if he said, sure, go ahead. Then I wouldn't got my leg blown off. Uh, yeah, they got landmines over there. Thanks for telling me. And the truth is, I believe we're going to stand before God someday. We're going to see people cast into hell, and I wonder if they might not look at us and just, why didn't you tell me? They had no idea they were going to stand before a holy God. We know all about the great white throne of judgment. We know all about the hell, and we know about the lake of fire. But yet, so many people in the world they don't know anything about it, and we do. They're our family. We're their family members. We're their friends, and we just keep our mouth shut. Ah, oh, that's th- those are divisive topics. Those are you know controversial. I don't want to bring bring that up. We've we've got to. We owe it. To them. We owe it to God. We need to talk about our thankfulness to God. Psalms chapter 30, verse 11 Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. You know, we need to thank the Lord publicly every now and then, we need to give him the credit. For what's going on in our lives. If somebody says, Man, you're lucky. you ever is Oh, you're so lucky. No, I'm not. I'm not lucky at all. I've been in places where you get door prizes and things before. I never win. Okay, I've been in drawings before. I never win anything. I don't even try to gamble. Not only because I don't believe in it. Because I'm not lucky. Okay? But I can tell you this right now. I do believe I'm blessed. I do believe that God has blessed my life. And I've been accused of being lucky before. But I'm not lucky. I'm blessed, and you know what? we ought to give God the glory for that. Hey, you've got you know the Lord's you know you've got you've got a great family. Well, you know the Lord's the Lord's really blessed me. The Lord's been the Lord's been good to me. Give God the credit for it. Oh, well, that sounds really spiritual. You know, people think you're some kind of religious fanatic. You know, hey, give God the glory. We don't have, you don't have to be weird about it. You can do it in a normal way. You can just just tell the truth. God deserves the glory for these things, and we need. To speak up about it. But many times though, no matter you know, even though we know all these things, you can't get people to say anything. I mean, boy, I, I think they'd have to torture it to get torture some people to get it out of them that they're a Christian. And they're so scared to say anything. But you know, there's other reasons that we don't open our mouths about these things. I think sometimes it's simply we just don't know enough about the subject. I was talking to somebody yesterday. We were talking about salvation. And I told him, I said, when it it comes to salvation, I said, it's something a little child can learn how to get saved. But I said, you never stop learning about salvation. I said, I learn more and more about salvation all the time. You know, we never stop learning about these things. But many times people, they're just content with what they know. We need to constantly be trying to learn more. When you know something about a subject, you want to tell people, don't you? Don't you love it when you're I like watching Jeopardy. And don't you love it when a subject comes on that you know a lot about, especially when there's a lot of people around and you can answer all the questions and look really smart? I love that. I was I was I was somewhere the other day, I was in a waiting room or something and they had Jeopardy on. And you know what? It was a biblical subject that came up. I got excited, and I was sitting in there, and I wanted so bad to be answering all those questions out loud. Because I mean, I could I could answer all these questions and look smart for everybody. I was like, ah, that's pushing it. You know, <laughs> that's, that's probably that's probably bragging a little bit too much. I, I probably shouldn't do that. But let me tell you something: if it had just been my friends or family, I'd been doing it for sure. <laughs> and it, we we do we love when we know about a subject. You want to talk about it, don't you? If I see a couple guys around here and they're talking about mechanics or something in cars. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna go on to another conversation because if I get in that conversation, I'm gonna end up looking stupid. Right, there's some subject I don't know a whole lot about, and so I keep my mouth shut. But when it comes to the things of God, if we would learn more about it, it's gonna cause us to want to talk about it. When we learn things from the scriptures, boy, we, we want to talk about it. We want to tell somebody about it. It's exciting learning things, and many people they just, they just don't know enough about the subject, so. Just want to be quiet. I tell you, it, soul winning is a great way to learn. You know, we talk, uh, in soul winning, the Bible had them go out two by two. They had two people go out. And you know what? It's great just to have somebody as a silent partner. For years, I did that. man named Bert Leach, he's still alive today for years. Just a faithful soul winner. He did it until he couldn't do it anymore. He'd go knock on doors. And I'd go with him and I'd just tag along with him and I'd listen to him talk to people. I'd listen to him give him the plan of salvation invite him to church. And I learned a lot from it. And you know what? Pretty soon, he started telling me, "Hey, Tommy, you, you do this next one." Uh, Tommy, go to the White House Baptist Church. You know, and you know, you, you know, you're nervous and timid, and you know, you mess up, and you forget all the Bible verses, and you know, you tell them you have to go to heaven by good works. No, I never did that, but you, know, you just you mess everything up. But then, you know, you you move on and you get better at it, and you get. And before you know it, you know, it just comes natural. And you even enjoy it, and I'm telling. But you've got you got to put it into practice. And you know what? There were times I'd be out there, and people they would ask me questions. Uh, and I, when you try to think of something smart to say, uh, I, I used to do taxes for a while. I wanted to learn about taxes, and so I did taxes for one year at a tax service place. And sometimes people would ask these questions. I had no idea what they were talking about, you know, but you learned how to respond in a way that made you sound like you knew what you were talking about, but didn't actually teach them anything. And it's hard to explain, but it works. <laughs> it works. I, I've done that a few times with the Bible. Uh, you know, knocking on doors, and that's not a good thing. But you know what would happen? I would go back. i got to figure that one out. I, I go look it up, or I go ask other people, hey, I just got stumped with this question. What in the world should I have told them? Like, oh you should have given this person, this person, oh yeah, and I'm just like, Oh man, how come I didn't know that? I didn't never had any practice. Never had any practice. I never needed to know it before. But now but now the next time I would get asked that question, I'm glad you asked me that. I was ready to go. I was ready to tell them. I knew the scriptures. Why well, practice? And many people, they're just afraid of being challenged. They're being afraid, they're afraid of, of looking bad. You're you're gonna look bad sometimes. First time you try giving somebody the plan of salvation, you're probably gonna mess it up. You're probably gonna just butcher every verse that you try to quote. You're not gonna be able to find any of the scriptures. You might end up looking bad, but you know what? Do your best. Because the truth is, you know what all you need for someone to get saved is you need the word of God and the Holy Spirit working in their heart. And you know the truth is, I don't care how good you are. At talking, how much scripture you know? If the Holy Spirit's not involved, they're not going to get saved. It's the Holy Spirit that draws people to salvation, and I, I believe if a person really tries, Holy Spirit, He's going to help them out. And you'd be surprised well, what would happen if you just if you just try. Many times though, we keep silent because we're afraid of what our opinion will do to us socially. Truth is, sometimes we care more about somebody being our friend than we do them being our brother or sister in Christ. Oh, this might hurt our friendship. It might, but you know what? If it will save their soul, I think it's worth it. If you really care about that person, if you really love them, you're going to tell them, you're going to tell them the truth. And if the truth is, if they get saved, you'll probably be closer than ever, than you ever were before. There's something about special about those who shared the gospel with you and that led you to Christ. I mean, it just it it brings you closer than really anything else. I think the best thing you can do for a relationship is tell them about Christ. So be be nice, you know. Uh, you know don't just don't just one day show up at their house, you know, waving a Bible and preaching a sermon and just going going all crazy on telling them, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. you know don't do that. Okay? Do it do it in a loving way. And so, you know, there's there's all kinds of different approaches that you can use. The Bible talks about, he told his disciples, he said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Okay? Be wise. You know, maybe even be a little sneaky. All right? You know, be a little sneaky, you know. I mean, find a way to get that gospel. Room. Hey, we're having this big event at the church. You know, that, or, don't even say it's at the church. Hey, you want to go to this meal. Oh, it just happens to be after church. You know, and I mean, I don't know, you know you're not going to hurt them. It's not going to hurt them. Here the Gospel, I might make them mad, but it's not going to hurt them. Many times we care more about the benefits of friendship than we care about the eternal soul. Well, I have fun with this person. If I make them mad and scare them up, I'm not going to have any fun anymore. Okay, so that friendship is really all about you then? Not about them? If you really care about them, you're going to, you're going to tell. Many people though, the reason they don't speak up. Some just don't care. It's... It's not a big deal. You would think that for a Christian who we were told the final command Jesus gave His disciples as He's ascending to heaven, He said, Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel wherever it's legal. No, I didn't say that. Preach the Gospel to everyone that wants to hear. No. Preach the Gospel to every creature. Reach it everywhere you go. Tell everybody you can. You would think we well, would make a big deal about that, but some people they really just don't care. Why didn't you ever tell me? Oh, you know, it just never came up. And I know my wife. She's been she's gotten upset with me a few times when maybe I knew some big news, or I guess what she considered big news, and I didn't tell her about it. It's like, what you knew about that? Yeah, I knew about that. Why didn't you tell me? Forgot. <clears throat> You know, I didn't think it was a big deal. Didn't think it was. Didn't think it was worth repeating. But you know what? It's a big deal to her. You know, whenever I, I'll get off the phone with somebody, she'll like, "What they want? Nothing." You're on the phone with them for ten minutes. What did they say? Nothing really. Nothing. <laughs> there's nothing worth repeating. And the truth is, to me, there's just nothing you know exciting to repeat. But she'll have a conversation. And she'll tell me word for word everything that was said. And it's like, you know, some things are a big deal to other people, and some things aren't a big deal, you know, to other people. And the truth is, it seems like with some people, heaven, hell, salvation is just not a big deal. But let me tell you something. People might not think it's a big deal now, but I promise everyone when they stand before the Lord, it's going to be a big deal. They're going to wish they had known. They're going to wish that somebody had told them the truth. And we've got to care about this. We've got to think about it. But many times our mind, our minds are just often elsewhere. We discuss, we talk about things that have been in our mind. We like to, We discuss the new things that we've learned. Have you ever had your kid? Maybe they come home from school and they're all, hey, guess what I learned today? They want to tell you all about something that they learned. It's exciting. Learning new things. you want to talk about it. It's fresh in your mind. We, you know, we discuss things that are priorities in our life. We, you know, we discuss things that we've been involved in. If you're involved in the Gospel and sharing the Gospel, you're, you're going to want to talk about it. You're going to want to tell people about it. That, these are the things that we talk about. You can learn so much about a person just by listening to what they talk about. You can learn what they care most about. You can learn who they care most about. By who they talk about. You know, you'll hear people they're talk they're always talking about their family, talking about their kids, talking about their grandkids. I mean, just I mean, showing you pictures of their grandkids, and you, know, and you hear it just going on, you know, and to, why do they do that? Because they care about them. They love them, that's who they spend their time with, that's what they care about. But it seems like when it uh, but people when it comes to the gospel, the plan of salvation, the greatest gift that any of us have ever received, we want to keep quiet about it. When I was a kid, I remember my dad had one of them car he got a car phone. and you know car phones it was back when they were a big deal. The old car phone, you could talk on the phone in the car. And I remember on Christmas, it was you could talk for free on there. You had to pay for the minute. I barely ever used it. I don't even know why I had it. Because you had to pay by the minute. And I remember, but on Christmas it was free. And so, and my friend, they had a car phone too. And so on Christmas, in the afternoon, we would call each other just to tell each other what we got for Christmas. Why? We were excited about the gifts that we had received. You've all been there before. Hey, guess what I got for my birthday? Guess what I got for my anniversary? Guess what I got for Christmas? But nobody ever wants to tell anybody, guess what I got from Jesus Christ? Let me tell you about the gift. That he gave me. Nobody, wants, nobody seems to want to do that these days. And the truth is, that is something we should never keep silent about. And really, so when can we keep silent? Will the time keep silent? I believe it's when we're dead. Psalms 115, verse 17 says The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Why don't the dead praise the Lord? They can't. Can't do it anymore. There's no life in them. There's no. They don't have the voice to do it anymore. It's but those of us who are alive, we have the opportunity and we need to do it. Take advantage of it until that time comes. See, evangelical Christians, you have freedom of religion, but keep your mouth shut. Listen, that makes no sense at all. We see throughout the Bible, and in John chapter 17, I want to show you one final verse. John chapter 17. I believe people ought to be able to have their religion, but they have to keep it to themselves. You can't do that as a Christian. That's not Christianity. It says in John chapter 17, verse 14, it says, "...I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world." Even as I am not of the world, so you know, since we're saved, since we're going to heaven, since we're not of this world, why don't we just go to? Why doesn't God just take us to heaven now? Why doesn't He just take us to heaven when we get saved? Why do we got to mess with all the wickedness? Why do we got to deal with all the foolishness that goes on in this world? But Jesus here says that He says they're not from this, they're not of this world. And the world hates them. Well, why do we have to put up with the hatred? All the haters out there. You know, nobody ever talks about bullying that goes on with Christians. People you know, in other countries getting killed by Christians. So as Christians, we're always the bad ones anymore. But it says, notice what Jesus said. In verse 15, He says, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but thou shouldst keep them from evil. He said, God, I don't want you to take them out of the world, but I do want you to keep them from the evil that's in the world. He doesn't want us getting caught up with the junk that's going on in this world. So why stay here? And he says in verse 16, uh, verse uh, sixteen, they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. As Thou hast sent Me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Why did He send us into the world? Well, the same reason He was sent into the world. To give them the Gospel. To give them God's Word. We're saved. We've been sent into the world to live among them and just blend in and be one of them? No. To give them the Word of God. We don't belong here. This isn't our home. The Bible says we're strangers and pilgrims on this world. We're, we're like aliens from another planet just visiting for a little while. And one of these days, we're going to be taken out of this world. But in the meantime, we're here with a message. And we need to spread that message. So let's all stand together. heads bowed, and eyes closed.